Hey, Nelson, alcoholic addict. That's not my real name. That's my secret service code name. I'm just kidding. It's a pen name that I use here at LOL Sober. Uh, I was at a meeting recently where someone celebrated three months sober, even though he didn't have three months sober. He said, I have two months and 27 days, but I won't be here next week, so I'm going to celebrate now. And in my head, I was thinking, that's not really how a program that is one day at a time is supposed to work, but everybody clapped, including me. The guy got a three-month coin. You know, as far as I know, I think he, I saw him a couple weeks later and he was still sober. So, hey, he got three months sober. What the, what do I know? Uh, so <laughs> it reminded me of, of one of the most valuable things I've ever heard it said at a meeting, which is take what you need, leave the rest. That goes for anything in sobriety, the people, the prayers, the pre-meeting, chit-chat, everything. I mean, even, hell, the steps are just suggestions. If you want to go to 12-step meetings and not get a sponsor and not put a dollar in a basket and not do the steps, you can. Nobody comes to your house and makes you, you know, fill out a form and swear on a Bible or anything. You know, it is what it is. You take what you need, you leave the rest. Uh I love meetings. I go to one almost every day right now, and um, even though I've been sober since 2008, um, so I thought at some point maybe I would slow down on it, but I like going to them. So so this list is it's tongue-in-cheek. If I really had a long, elaborate list of things I didn't like about meetings, I probably wouldn't go to so many meetings, would I? So please take, it, take this for what it is. It's a list of mild annoyances. Um, that says more about me than anything else. So here goes. Here's my five favorite things as far as take what you need, leave the rest. This is the list of the leave the rest things. So here goes. Number five, the around the room format. I haven't run into this situation very much recently because I've been going to smaller meetings. Uh, but I, I don't love when big meetings... Go around the room and don't offer any sort of windows for others to share. Um, I've seen a bunch of different ways around the room until the last 15 minutes where you leave 5 to 10 minutes for burning desires. Um, I like that, but I don't love when it's just like, hey, here's the 15 people that get to share because they sat in the back left corner of the meeting. I just I just think it's important that a newcomer or somebody on the edge of a relapse is is able to put their hand up and say, hey, I'm, I'm in crisis here. All right, number four on my list, long readings, okay? So this is, this is one where I could see myself maybe putting my hand up at a business meeting and making a suggestion to cut back on long readings because I don't love when I get to a 60-minute meeting and I see that we're going to spend 45, 50, sometimes longer minutes on a, on one reading, you know, and it just, it, it always feels a little bit like high school or study hall or something where it's just like, we're all going to read out loud to each other. You know, um, like I said a minute ago, I think meetings should always have a nice size window for the newcomer or struggling person to be able to raise their hand and get something, uh, off their chest. And if you have a 45 minute reading and then the chairperson shares, you're all of a sudden looking at like one or two more people getting an opportunity to speak. Let me throw in like a, if that was 4A, let me throw in a 4B uh, to the idea of uh, long readings. I don't love when a meeting reads, I'm making this example up, but like I don't love when a meeting reads how it works and then the promises and then has a 12-minute script. Uh, it, I, it eats into the time for people to share. And though I will say that, 
One time I was uh, offering a hot take after a meeting and I said, you know, we shouldn't read how it works because everybody, we all know it. We already know it, right? Everybody knows it. And the guy said, well, if that was true and it's not, not everybody knows how it works. Um, but if it was true, how, how do you think they learned it? And I, I had no choice but to say touche. You know, you're right. Probably learned it because people read it at meetings all the time. So number three on my list of five things uh, that I consider to be leave the rest, the Lord's Prayer. I am not a big fan. I find, I, I think it's too specifically linked to a specific religion, so it doesn't really work for, for me. I always, but I like most meetings say, you know, you can say a silent meditation of your choosing instead. And so that's the option. I usually take that option. I say a silent meditation to myself. Number two on this list, crosstalk. This is another one where I actually, I actually have a pretty big beef against it. Uh, even though I've done it many times, and I, I just, I, I've, I've kind of grown out of it. I don't think it's great. I don't like meetings where people just blurt stuff out. I, um, I, I haven't been to too many meetings where someone says, you know, it's their turn to share, and they say, "Hey, Fred, you should stop doing X, Y, and Z." Like not not it's usually not that specific and aimed at giving advice in the middle of a of an open meeting, but I do I do still get the meetings where it can be a little clicky and people think it's funny during a meeting that has started to say stuff under their breath or make a direct comment on how someone's football team just beat yours or they goof on somebody's outfit that kind of stuff. I just don't think it has a place at at uh, in a spiritual setting like that. The pushback I always get when I say stuff about crosstalk is that it doesn't really hurt anybody in most cases. And that's probably true. That's probably true. Um, you know, I might be taking myself a little too seriously. Um, my pushback to that pushback, since I like to argue, you know, uh, is that people who are new to 12 step meetings, they leave and they think, oh, that's what meetings are like. They're like study hall or recess at high school where like people just say stuff directly at you um, and you're pouring your heart out and then people just talk right at you in front of an audience, you know, and I, so I don't think that's cool, you know, um, but I admit I, you know, I, again, I might be taking myself too seriously. What the hell do I know? And one key thing to remember, and if, if a meeting's group conscience is that it's rowdy and they just kind of like let it fly, guess what? Every meeting is autonomous, so I think that the next right thing for me to do in those situations is to quietly leave and find a different meeting. It's not for me. Take what you need, leave the rest, right? That's the point of all this. Uh, but last but not least, number one on my list, personalities. We all have people who annoy us, even in sobriety. Uh, I don't really have a specific type of person that I... There's just some personalities that rub me the wrong way, and you know what? I know I probably annoy people too, right? Like we probably all are that guy. Um, so that's always important to know. Uh, <laughs> you know, the most important thing I've come to realize is that there's many different flavors of sobriety and I don't like some of them and I'm a flavor that other people probably don't like and that's fine. That's fine. We're all just another bozo on the bus, right? So I'll end with a story about the idea of personalities. I, I had a guy who really wasn't my style, and I was seeing him at almost every meeting. And I thought, uh, you know, this guy's a little bit of a blowhard, and he seemed to be an all-star at meetings and then kind of full of shit once the meeting was over. And I had decided this guy didn't carry these principles into all of our affairs as if I'm some kind of sobriety evaluator or the Buddha, 
the Buddha himself is me. It's like not true, but whatever. So one Saturday morning, I walked into a meeting where the format is that the chairperson shares for 15 minutes to start the meeting. And this guy was chairing. And I immediately thought, oh, my God, I got to get out of here. <laughs> but I decided to stay because I thought about how much we're encouraged to think about princip principles before personalities. So so the meeting starts, it's his turn to share, and he talks for probably 20 minutes instead of the 15 that the group conscience was. And trust me, I was counting because I'm petty like that. <laughs> so he talks for longer than he was supposed to, and it was the same old, same old. It just didn't do much for me. But when he gets done, he turns it over to the floor for other people to share, and I swear the first five people all <laughs> stood up and said, what an amazing influence this guy has been on their sobriety, including a bunch of stories specifically about how, you know, that made me tear up. This person was not my cup of tea, but clearly had done a bunch of amazing things going back many years that helped other people. Um, so that day I took, I took, took that idea with me. It was valuable, even though I didn't love the person that it originated with. The idea that I need to extend my hand at all times because you never know when 10 years later you could really affect somebody's sobriety in a positive way. So that was valuable. And I, you know what? I took that and I left the rest, which means I personally did not get that guy's phone number and I won't be getting his phone number. I don't have much interest in hanging out with that guy. I think the feeling's probably mutual. But I left there thinking like, geez, man, we all bring a lot to the table. It just might not be for others. So take what you need. Leave the rest. Thanks for letting me.